The Harry Corey Summer Sale is now on with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in-store or online at harrycorey.com. Harry Corey, the curtain embedding specialist. The Summer Sale is now on. In this episode, I chat with Fringe favourite Lucy Porter, who's bringing her new show Wake Up Call to Edinburgh. As well as being something of a stand-up legend, she's also a regular voice on BBC Radio 4 in various panel shows, including Quote Unquote and The Personality Test. Lucy Porter, what an absolute honour it is to have you on Laughter Unlocked. How are you? Oh, such a pleasure to see you. Thank you for having me. And I am excited about nurturing you on your journey to stand-up comedy. Well, thanks very much. All help and much appreciated. <laughs> We're not far away from Edinburgh now. How, how are you feeling about it? Are you kind of are you match fit to use that expression that comics like to use? Well, which of us is match fit at the moment? <laughs> I mean, after an extended hiatus where I thought I was never going to work again, and uh, I'm hugely excited because I have not had such a long break from the fringe. Ever since I started going in 1992, I have never had a three-year break from being in Edinburgh. Even when I had kids, I managed to pop the kids out and still do a fringe show. So this is kind of, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about coming back. But as always, the nerves and the excitement mingle. And, you know, every year, even though I have been coming to the festival since 1932 as a small girl, <laughs> um, I really, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like it it still is exciting and nerve-wracking as it always is. Yeah, there, there, there will be a, a real sort of almost like a, a, a class reunion feeling about it, I suppose, mm. for a lot of people this year. Will you remember your way around? I'm sure you will. You won't need a sat-nav to get through the, around Edinburgh because <laughs> you've been away for three years. It took me about 10 years not to be looking down on Cowgate when I wanted to be on Cowgate and kind of going, <laughs> hang on a minute, if I, what, Nidri Street, what's that one again? Oh, hang on a minute, I'll go down. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good on geography, a grasp of history, but uh, not, yeah, sort of, I, I will be feeling like I need to reacquaint myself with the bars and the restaurants because <laughs> they will have changed and I need to, it's my moral duty to go in and sample as many food and drink options as possible, I think. There might be some new ones. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so part of the, part of Wake Up, so the show's called Wake Up Call. Yeah. Part of it is post-lockdown trauma as well <laughs> and how we're all dealing with it. It, it still feels to me as though we've been in a, a bad dream and it hasn't really happened. Yes, like Dallas, where we're going to wake up and Bobby will be coming out of the shower or Chris Whitty will be coming out of the shower, <laughs> soaking himself oh, no. down. <laughs> oh, that's an, an image I didn't need. That's a very sort of Anglo-centric reference as well, because who was your guy? I loved your guy, the Scottish guy. Jason Leach. Yes. Um, yes. Jason Leach, who became a bit of a celebrity. Quite a few celebrities emerged mm. inadvertently through lockdown. Quite a few names that... You wouldn't been, have have um, wouldn't been on your radar otherwise, but Jason Leach, yeah, he was a kind of weekly star on the radio and the telly. And oh, I loved him. Reminding us all to wash our hands. Yeah, he can he can come out of my shower soaping himself down anytime he likes, <laughs> and I'm sure he'd do it very thoroughly as well because well, he obviously you know knows what? how I, to wash. I'm the, <laughs> singing singing happy birthday as he goes. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm going to make sure Jason Leach listens to this episode because <laughs> he'll be delighted to hear that he's welcome in your shower anytime. I think yes, so I don't I don't imagine many of us will remember what life was 
was like in, in kind of January 2020, if we do step out of the shower, it seems such a long, long time ago. I know, it's funny, isn't it? Things, yeah, like Zoom was just the name of a fun rocket-shaped ice lolly. There was no sort of, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd never made a video call. I refused on principle to yeah. do anything over a computer. I was like, oh, computers, you can't trust them. And uh, yeah, I've really had to change my tune on that one. I'm talking to you now via the magic of technology. It's incredible. We're all experts in Zoom. Yeah, we, we are. The, the, cl- the clever people would have obviously seen the pandemic coming and would have bought shares in Zoom for pennies, you yes. know, at the end of 2019 and they'll be multi multi billionaires yeah, zoom and leisureware that would be the things that you would have uh, invested in it was actually a large part of the reason that my show is called wake up call if i'm completely honest with you is because when it came to do the photo shoot so as uh, the listeners may not know but when you're doing a show for the edinburgh fringe there's a lot of stuff you have to do before you actually write the show so the things sure. the first thing you do is pick a name and do a poster so that because all of that stuff takes much longer than actually writing jokes. So uh, when I came to do the poster photo shoot, I actually couldn't fit into any of my clothes. And I was like getting all these outfits out of my cupboard. And I was like, no, I can't fit, can't fit into that. And the only thing that really looked good on me at the time was my, I bought these new pyjamas and I really liked them. So I took them along to the photo shoot. And I was like, can I just wear these? Because, you know, this is all I feel comfortable in. And then the um, makeup lady who was doing the photo shoot put my hair in rollers. And I was like, actually, leave the hair in rollers. Let's do the poster with uh, me in my pyjamas and hair curlers. Then I was like, well, I've got to call the show something about sleeping. or. And ah. then my husband suggested Napper's Delight, which was uh, an homage <laughs> to old school hip hop, which I thought was a really good title, but a bit niche. Uh, and then I just thought, wake up call, because it does, like you say, it feels like we're all waking up out of a horrible dream. Yeah. And a lot of my friends have had revelations about their life because like they haven't been going into an office or they, you know, just decided they were going to completely change careers or move where they lived or, mm-hmm. you know, loads of weird, crazy stuff like that. So I thought, oh, it's it's actually quite a relevant title. Yeah. And I love the fact you're, you're calling yourself like a midlife midwife as you're <laughs> helping people deal with midlife crisis post lockdown. There's a lot to think about for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I think we had that sort of weird introspective time, didn't we, where all you could do was go on long walks by yourself and have a think. Yeah. So it's no wonder yeah. that we all started because I did as well. I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, what do I want to do with my life what what should I be and uh, you know I came out the other side going actually I quite like it I'll just do exactly the same thing that I've always done and go to Edinburgh and you know be a comedian but yeah. a lot of my friends yeah definitely had a sort of and I, I kind of feel like I've already had my midlife crisis I've had loads of midlife crises I've been sort of having midlife crises since I was about 12 so uh-huh. uh, I felt like actually I'm quite good at dealing because I you know unlike most of my friends I ran away to join the circus early on in life uh, before I had a chance to really do anything else. Yeah. I think now they're all kind of going, oh, God, I want to be more creative or, well, you know, I mean, and I I would say that obviously your journey yeah. to stand up is probably, um, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of analyse you, but I mean, I guess, is, is that something you always wanted to try or was it? Um, n- not necessarily. I, I mean, I, I did do a little bit of... Um, after dinner speaking mm. and you know I've always quite liked the idea of making people smile making people laugh but it wasn't I mean, it was kind of thrust upon me a little bit it was a, you know editorial strategy meeting and um, my editor at the time I had been um, discussing Edinburgh 
from a Scottish newspaper perspective and making the point that perhaps we didn't push it enough and we, we should be, well, certainly the tabloids, I mean, the, the, the broadsheets, mm. the tabloids, we, we kind of should have been covering it more, doing more reviews and so on. And then they said, all right, okay, why don't you do it? And why don't you literally learn how to do it and then take us through the journey? And, you know, and um, that was it. That was back in July, 2019. So up until that point, I hadn't really thought about it, but the minute he suggested it a light bulb went off and I thought god yeah this is exactly what I want to do this is the best brief for a for a job I've ever had <laughs> and you know and the way it kind of panned out it's that classic line that you know Sean Connery once told me not to name drop but um I had only previously a few weeks or months earlier I'd, I'd interviewed Kevin Bridges and I had a kind of direct route to him so I, I ran out of that office and I thought oh I know who to ask and I just sent him a message and I said, this is my challenge. What do I do? And he, and he came back quite quickly. Well, but three days later and said... That's um, very quickly for a comedian. I mean, we work <laughs> on a different timescale to most people. That's very quick. Very well done, Kevin. Yeah, and I always talk about this. And he said, oh, great idea. He says, uh, get, get to the stand in Glasgow, do Red Raw on a Tuesday night, five minutes. If you get through that, you'll be grand. Good luck, my man. That was it. Mm -hmm. And then the, the journey began. So uh, a kind of long-winded answer to your question. But... It had always been kind of something must have been circulating in the back of my mind, and then this idea presented itself, and I thought, "Wow, mm. that's that's so what I want to do." I wish it had happened twenty years earlier, but there we are. Well, but, but you know that is the thing about that I have been having to say to a lot of my friends is that it is never too late, and it's such a cliche. But I have had you know friends who have written books, friends who have, I got one friend who retrained as a doctor in her forties and she was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. By the time I qualify, it's going to be too late. But you know, you, you can bring a lot of experience and knowledge to whatever you go into. I think the reason we have midlife crises is because you sort of start to think, Oh my God, what have I done with my life? What am I going to do with the next mm -hmm. bit? How many years are there left? You know? And I think yeah. it's absolutely imperative that you do try all the things that you always wanted to do. But you see, because yeah. also you've got loads of, because we were chatting before we were on air, because you have done the thing that I always wanted to do, which is you have been a war correspondent. Yes. Seems a long time ago now, but uh, absolutely, yeah. I covered two or three conflicts. I was in Northern Ireland, I was in the Balkans, Iraq. After 9 11, I was in the kind of, you know, northwest frontier of Pakistan. Couldn't quite get into uh, into, Pakistan, into Afghanistan. But yeah, so, you know, overall, covered quite a few. And when I think of how horrifically terrifying a lot of that was, I kind of take that onto the stage with me because I'm thinking, <laughs> hang on a minute. How can you be scared of this? How, how, how can you be scared at the idea of performing in front of 30 people in a bar in Glasgow when, you know, you've had um, missiles raining down on you? So, yeah. I mean, I've had some rough nights at the stand in Glasgow, but I mean, it's never been, I mean, you know, I mean, I'd say I had one gig at the Belfast Empire that might compare to your uh, to your experiences during the Troubles. It was actually quite handy because I did a 10 minutes at the stand last week and a day or two before it, I just, I just remembered about being in Iraq in 2003. You might remember Saddam Hussein had a, had a weapon called the Scud missile. Mm. You remember the Scud missile? And the word Scud means something completely different in Glasgow. It basically means naked. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love so the like, fact um, I'm still discovering new Scottish slang after all these years. I had no idea. If you remember, you know, you can any Glaswegians at your show ask them what Scud means. So, <laughs> so... The old-fashioned dirty book, not not the, a dirty magazine, not that anyone would ever read those things, it used to be called a scud book in Glasgow. So I actually was able to say, does anyone remember what a scud book was? And one or two perverts at the back said, yes, yes, I remember that. So I was able to talk about how there was this terror alert 
that went scud incoming. And you had all these kind of Glaswegian soldiers are looking at the sky thinking, this is going to be interesting. You know? <laughs> at last, an airdrop of, uh, of <laughs> dirty bags. That's Read, what we're looking for. Readers wives. And uh, yeah, so I thought, no, I'm not going to take cover. This I have to see. So yeah, so, so but, but, but um, there is a wee bit of gallows humour in that. And, and, and a, but I had a genuinely kind of close shaven Kosovo, lost part of my hearing and an ambush and all that. But I talk, uh-huh. I talk about that too. So yeah, yeah. And, and and but it's a but it is it's a it's a it's a lot of experience to call on for a you know for a kind of ten minute routine. Well, this is why you need to do your own show because that's where you know because sometimes you see comedians and they do ten minutes and you go oh yeah you know they're quite interesting and then they do an hour at Edinburgh and this is what I think is amazing about the Edinburgh Festival is that it allows people to do more ambitious or interesting things because in a comedy club yeah like it is hard to. You know, like, I mean, over the years, I've talked about, you know, like my parents dying and sort of trauma that's happened in my life. And obviously you make it funny, but you kind of need to have won an audience over before you can go, you know. Anyway, when my mum and dad died, it's yeah. not it's not an opening line, is it? I wouldn't open with it. I wouldn't <laughs> yes, open no. with that, uh, you know, I, I had a terrible traumatic experience, but it's a great reward for going mm-hmm. to see a comedian in Edinburgh where you get to hear these mad, amazing stories about, you know, mm-hmm. crazy things that comedians have done. Yeah. So I absolutely think that there is a a kind of adrenaline rush that people chase. And I always thought I wanted to be a war correspondent. I was doing uh, English at Manchester University and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I got a job at Granada TV because at the time Granada used to make a programme called World in Action, which was like their flagship career show. Amazing. So I applied to Granada and I thought I'm going to get on that and then I'm going to become KAD, basically. I'm going to be sent to the trouble spots of the world and I'm going to do good. I'm going to be like this sort of pioneering crusading journalist and then they interviewed me at Granada took one look at me and went you know what we don't think that world in action is for you we're going to put you on stars in their eyes (laughs) and (laughs) at the time I was quite offended I was like you know surely you can see the potential that I have but I think they kind of they saw in me obviously that I was looking for a thrill but the kind of thrill that I wanted would be more satisfied by sequins and tiaras than by uh, <laughs> scud missiles and strafing. So, uh, could, could you not have combined the two and said, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Kate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be least do set now. She's another one that I've become obsessed with recently. Her <laughs> and Jason Leach. I'm like, I'm collecting my favourite people. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I... I I, I think showbiz was the right call for me. I'm only four foot eleven. I mean, I do feel I could have sort of gone under the radar pretty easily, but I think I might have struggled somewhat. I'm looking forward to your show because one or two of the, the things I've noticed that you talk about are quite kind of pertinent. You mentioned bin collections mm. Mm. And, and council bins collection schedules. That drives me absolutely potty. I don't know what it's like where you live, but... Um, different colours for different things oh. and then you live maybe two streets away you're in a different council area and it's completely different and no one knows where they're, what they're meant to be. Do you know the other year I arrived at my flat in Edinburgh so every year we rent a flat for the month and the whole family we decamp and uh, the first day I tweeted a photo of the bin 
collection schedule because it was so it was like the da vinci code it was an extraordinary <laughs> journey from start to finish because there were about five different color-coded symbols which would mean different things on different weeks and then there'd be the bank holiday i mean it was unbelievably complicated so i yeah i have to say also because sometimes in edinburgh i'll stay right in the city center and then you get those brilliant just a massive bin uh, but yeah i think that sort of I mean, somebody a couple of years ago, I got my show was reviewed by someone who said Lucy Porter's comedy is middle aged, middle class and middle of the road. And I don't think they intended that as a compliment, but I have to say (laughs) it was absolutely spot on. And the older you get, I think the more you realise there's no point me trying to sort of do stuff that's going to appeal to the kids or, you know, change what I do because I am kind of interested in stuff like bins and garden centres and, uh, you know, the, the minutiae of life. And so I think it's better to be honest and let people who yeah, are yeah. also interested in that come and see you rather than promise something you're not going to deliver. People are also going to learn things going to see your show because they're going to learn how to, to clean a washing machine filter. <laughs> and and, and, and am, I, am I right in suggesting maybe a couple of Spanish swear words? No? There may be. There may be some conversational Spanish. <laughs> there may be. Well, like a lot of people in lockdown, I decided to take up, uh, I thought I'd take up a hobby, but I have never been able to settle on one hobby. So over my lifetime, I have had like a million different passions where I'm like, this is it, pottery. This is going to be the thing that I do. Oh no, I'm going to be, uh, you know, a badminton player or, and I've got a garage absolutely full of all the stuff that I've amassed from all these hobbies <laughs> that I have never actually got around to finishing. So yeah, you kind of started and haven't quite seen them to the finishing line and the lockdown was great for that you know i hadn't um completed a jigsaw i think since i was about yes, six I uh, rattled through about four or five but going back to the um the long walks i, I kind of miss that mm. you know i i i miss the this idea of right you've got an hour you're allowed to go outside and you know, just going and then, oh God, I've, I've done an hour and 10 minutes, I hope I don't get arrested. But it was just literally exploring areas round about you that you wouldn't normally have, because our lives are too busy. We went to the local park, discovered a wee area called Fossil Grove and it was beautiful and, and you know, just getting to, almost like getting to know your kids a wee bit better mm-hmm. just because you had, they had your full attention yeah. and vice versa. But yeah. How old are yours? Oh, I've got quite, I've got quite a spread. So I've got one, one who will be 30 this year, who uh, lives down in London. Wow. I have a, a, a son who is 23 and I have a daughter who is 13. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big, big gaps, big <laughs> gaps. But so it was the, the 13 year old was with, uh, was uh, she was stuck with mum and dad during lockdown yeah. and probably completely bored rigid. But she got quite good at jigsaws by the end of it all. You know? Yeah, no, well, I mean, I think they loved it, actually, having everybody around all the time. The cats absolutely loved it. Because I everyone said, oh, yes. their dogs were really pleased that they were at home. But um, I could yeah. tell, and I mean, I have a deep psychic connection with my cats, but I could tell <laughs> that they were slightly less disdainful and uh, aloof than they normally are. <laughs> so I feel a great breakthrough was made there. And yeah, definitely the kids, I mean, homeschooling was the worst thing that has ever happened to me. And I wish never to do that again. And <laughs> my admiration for teachers, which was already pretty high is now absolutely through the roof I think teachers should because you know I was saying people always say oh they get very long holidays but I think that is not compensation for what they have to do they should get longer holidays more money 
be able to turn up to school drunk on a Monday morning if they so desire. I just I <laughs> absolutely think the, the what I think the pandemic did show us and we should retain, and I'm not sure that we are, is that the really important things, the really important jobs are the ones that are directly caring for people and giving people mm-hmm. what they need, teachers and supermarket workers and, and carers yeah. as well. I mean, that's the other thing is that I just yeah. think it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do is when my mum and dad were sort of not well and my sister and I were caring for them. I, absolutely. I, you know, I've done things that people would find difficult or scary. You know, a lot of people are scared of public speaking. I, you know, I mean, I've, I've kind of done lots of very tough gigs. I've done lots of traveling that might have been quite arduous and I've, you know, I've had to sit in a room with Anne Whittacombe for a number of hours. That was tough, but uh, oh, definitely, me. you know, the toughest things <laughs> that people do should be respected and rewarded. And I think that's I kind of, you know, we're learning that always. We had a, a beautiful moment during lockdown where myself and my wife, obviously we're both working, but sitting at the kitchen table, we both had our laptops out and my daughter was doing a schoolwork with her laptop. And the three of us were just completely lost in our work for an hour or two. And I kind of looked up and I thought, this is fantastic. I just, I just liked it. You know, she felt really important as though she was in a kind of an office environment (laughs) and we were able to watch her getting stuck into what she was doing. And it was great. And I thought, you know, I could actually do more of that. I thought it was really nice. But, uh, you know, I I don't want to see another global pandemic just, you know, for that. But uh, I do like the idea that we were spending more intimate time with each other. I mean, you are such a lovely, sweet kind optimistic man because <laughs> i have to say i agree 100 percent with all the sentiments you've just expressed but i also believe there is such a thing as too much quality time with our loved ones yeah. and uh, there were <laughs> moments uh, and they were fleeting and i love my husband and i love my children beyond measure but i will admit there were some moments where i thought this domestic bliss is really stretching me to the limits now <laughs> and uh, we could all do with the company of other people as well so uh, go on how many times did you scream when will they find a bloody vaccine <laughs> yeah. well in extremis i actually took up running and uh, it was sort of if i'm honest it wasn't so much a way to get fit it was more just an excuse to have another <laughs> another go out of the house on my own sometimes but i mean i have to say i think the children felt it much more than we did i think they were delighted to get back to their school friends and a bit of normality and uh, and not having us try to explain i mean they, we, we just could not do i mean i cannot do maths and so the kids were sort of there and we were like, oh, this would be lovely. We'll help with your homework. And uh, it, it was so embarrassing because they were having to explain arithmetic to me. And I was sat there completely baffled. And uh, so it's been good though. It has made me want to. I'm doing more. I am I am involving myself more in their schoolwork because I feel like I can. What stage are they at in the, the school life? Oh, so? they are still primary school. So uh, we're yeah. not even GCSE. I did get a maths GCSE, okay. but uh, I think they must have given it me out of pity rather than because of any actual achievement. Did you call on the services of Joe Wicks at any point? We did. We were hugely, I mean, I would sort of lie on the sofa and uh, just enjoy while the children would jump around. And we did, I mean, the enthusiasm <laughs> waned slightly, I'll be honest, after a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah. 
at all. You know, good good on that man though, good on him. Yeah, we yeah. sort of ended up just watching him with snacks. But, you know, if, if that was what we had to do to get through, I think that's absolutely fine. Further reductions in the Harry Corey summer sale with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in-store or online at harrycorey.com. Harry Corey, the curtain embedding specialist. Further items reduced in-store and online. Now, something else I noticed in your press release ahead of your show, describing what Wake Up Call is all about. Um, you, you mentioned learning to um, to clean a washing machine filter. Oh, yeah, no, you're obsessed with this washing machine filter, so I will let you know. Yeah, I'm obsessed, obsessed with it because I did, I, I walked into a wee kind of, I think you'd call it utility room, and uh, the other day I thought, mm, there's something all right, I, I, there's something coming from that machine, I'm going to have to get someone in to have a look at that. I might not have to do that now. No, 49 I was when I discovered how to change it. Because <laughs> I just didn't know that it was a thing i thought there's that little door at the bottom but i thought maybe that was just sort of for mice to come and have a look at your washing or you know <laughs> i had no idea and then it was explained to me that no you need to take that out and then there's oh my god the world of excitement of things that are in your washing machine filter yeah hair bands oh. sweet wrappers sand we've not even been to the beach for three years <laughs> but we've got sand in there it was uh, yeah it was amazing and then um i also discovered how to do in the tumble dryer and we hardly ever use tumble dryer anyway but um there's like a whole other there was one filter i was cleaning there was a whole other filter i'd never cleaned that you put in the bath and you shush it about and uh yeah i mean your listeners will probably be thinking this woman is a certifiable idiot no, not at all. Not at all. This is this is gold dust. <laughs> yeah, I, I became a domestic goddess in that all my appliances actually work now. I, I descale the kettle once a week now, and that's a lockdown phenomenon. Okay, that's taking things a bit too far. But we have very, very scaly water, you see. You're in a softer water area. Yes. Are you looking forward to the water and when you can back up the road, back up to, to Edinburgh? I love it. It's great, isn't it? I love it. I love it. It's, uh, I mean, I drink... Uh, Edinburgh tap water like the finest champagne because ours is so horrible <laughs> it's like it's chewy it's, you make the kids a squash <laughs> and you can hear them crunching it as they uh, <laughs> as they take it down so yeah I am absolutely thrilled I mean you know my hair looks amazing and I can say that without fear of arrogance because it's not me it's the water <laughs> um, and I absolutely love it yeah my skin my hair and the drinking water it's all it's all a treat for a little month every year Am I right in thinking that after Edinburgh you're planning a, a trip to the highlands we are yes yeah. we haven't uh we every year we say we must do a holiday after the fringe and then something always comes up so there is a slight danger that it won't happen again this year but uh you may see me if you see me in my hiking gear if you see me you know getting me midge protection <laughs> going and uh then you'll know that, that is, <laughs> it's actually finally happening so you, you haven't settled on a specific destination it was just uh, if you get the chance you'll head you'll head north or, or do you have something in mind do you know what? at the moment i feel like the way the transport situation in both of our nations is going then mm. i it seems foolhardy to settle on a destination i think the yeah. best thing to do even with gigs now i think i'll just get on a train see where i end up and then i'll do a gig mm -hmm. there and hope that it's where yeah. i was originally booked so uh, yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens so how do you your, your run is from the so the 13th sorry the 3rd to the 14th and then the 16th to the 20th mm. and that's pleasance courtyard just to get the plug in now in case i forget later Bless on you. you finish on august the 20th do you have a, a time to kind of 
basically get your, get your head right after it or do you, do, you, do you want to come back home and then just spend a bit of time chilling out or do you just go straight into another gig? I'm always fascinated to see what the kind of immediate post-Edinburgh process is for a well, stand-up. Well, it used to be that after the festival I would need a couple of weeks to acclimatise because I would have been going to bed at four or five in the morning because, of course, the other thing that your listeners may not know about The Fringe is that for certainly younger comedians with fresh livers and an optimistic outlook, <laughs> they will absolutely enjoy the nightlife and the fringe kind of shifts your day so you get up at like two in the afternoon and then you go to bed at four in the morning and there are comedians in edinburgh who never see daylight this is why you know ed Byrne always used to be so pale and little andrew maxwell looked like he lived in a cave because they would never see daylight but now that i'm a bit older we are all a bit more mature my generation of comedians I now see the other side of the day in Edinburgh. So I actually get up in the morning and I'd love to say I run up Arthur's seat first thing. That would be a lie, but I do. <laughs> I'd stumble out to get a coffee somewhere and, uh, you know, wander about a bit. So actually I don't need as much recovery time after the fringe now, but what I do tend to do is sort of from an artistic creative point of view, I love the fact that I go up to the fringe and I do a month of the same show um, and it's always now a show that I'm going to tour around the UK later. So yeah. um, I will do the show in Edinburgh for a month and get it to a sort of a position where I think it's as good as it can be. And then I have a little bit of kind of thinking time and then I take it on tour a little bit afterwards. Although, of course, that did backfire slightly in 2019 because I did my show which was called Be Prepared. And I thought, this is perfect. This is ready mm -hmm. for my tour beginning in March 2020. Oh, <laughs> and then oh I'd no. done about two shows. And, you know, you look back and actually at the time, I remember thinking, oh, well, we might have to cancel a couple of shows, but it will be fine. And, um, and then, yeah, the whole tour just completely disappeared. And it was particularly embarrassing having to put big signs up everywhere saying, be prepared has been cancelled due to unforeseen circumstances. Because, you know, that's yeah. kind of yeah. embarrassing. And then it meant, obviously, I did tour that show, but I toured it earlier this year. So I toured it two years later than I was meant to. And it had completely, well, not completely changed, but it had changed significantly in the intervening period. Well, yes, one or two things had happened yes. in, the, in the interim that you had to work into it. <laughs> when, when, so, the, so this tour, is it, this tour will be called Wake Up Call? It will. You keep the name from the, from the Edinburgh show. When will you be, be kicking that off? Do you have much of a break in between? Yeah, well, actually, this year I do because my husband is touring with a mm -hmm. production of The Lavender Hill Mob. Do you remember the old evening comedy movie? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So him wow. and Miles Jupp, who is an old friend of his and uh, a great comedian who started, of course, in Edinburgh. Yes, indeed. Archie from Ballymore, if uh, yes, yes, this, absolutely. Uh, yeah. a, a, a well, a well kent face yes. uh, north of the border, absolutely. So yeah. they're doing this theatre tour in the autumn. So I'm basically having uh, an autumn of uh, childcare, and then uh, he comes right. back, and I go off on tour. And he passes on the, the baton, kind of uh, the family comedy, really. Yes, tour. exactly. Yeah. And he's coming to Glasgow, actually, I think. I don't think he's doing Edinburgh, but he's doing, I think they're doing, oh, great. I don't know, they might be doing The Kings, maybe? or That's Edinburgh, though, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you anyway. I'll I'll give him a plug. Please do, absolutely. But I think it's somewhere in Glasgow. Your tour then will start 
what this time of new year sorry this side of the new year or will it be early 2023 so it's january end of january 2023 i think just in time for my 50th birthday wow okay so that'll be traumatic <laughs> being on tour i've got a gig on my 50th birthday so i might have to uh you know, just lie on stage crying for a couple of hours. <laughs> what do you know? What the what the venue is? What what city it is for you? The, that day, Let me have a look. So, just to give them plenty of warning to get some presents bought for well, you. Well, if everybody could come, that would be really appreciated. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> get in touch, and I'll put you on the guest list for it. Is uh, Cheltenham? Wow! So we can go and okay. visit GCHQ. Um... Yes, yes, <laughs> and go horse racing. Oh, Yes. To celebrate your 50th. Well, the people of Cheltenham, if you are listening, and I'm sure you are, I'm sure you're all fans of Laughter on Lockdown there, you know what to do. <laughs> get, get get the birthday cards ready. In fact, maybe could you arrange for Jason Leach to come and sing Happy Birthday while he washes his hands live on stage? Listen, Jason Leach is so going to be listening to this podcast. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to tweet him on a daily basis. This isn't going out, obviously, live, but it'll be going out in a week or two, and I'll make sure Jason knows to knows to listen to Thanks, it. Thanks, man. It's great that he, ha- he has become such a household name, even, even south of the border, because he's great. He's, he does have a big fan base, you know. Probably... One or two people get a little bit irritated at the at the, the kind of radio messages on the hour every hour for two years solid. But all will be forgiven now. It's like the thing is these days you can become a celebrity and everybody like hates you, or you can you know there's always peaks and troughs, aren't there? So you get people yeah. like we. What you need to do is do Strictly. We need Jason Leach on Strictly, and then all will be. Forgiven. He would, he, he would have to kind of, you know, hold someone's hand, and I don't know if that would fit in with his kind of uh, hygiene philosophy. You could do it all in the hazmat suit. Wear... That would be incredible. Yes, wear rubber gloves, <laughs> and uh, yes, maybe be invading his personal space a bit too much. That would be great. I mean, you yeah, couldn't do I'm a celebrity, could he? Because that would be, for a, from a public health perspective, I think doing I'm a celebrity, you know, having to eat, I don't know, kangaroo anus <laughs> or whatever it is, that that definitely <laughs> is not recommended. I can hear him. I can. I, no, I'm not putting that in my mouth. Um, one other thing I want to pick your brains on because come back to you learning Spanish. I'm off to Cuba next <gasps> week on an absolute dream family holiday. Yeah, well, yeah, we're so excited. So we're we're heading away on, on Monday, and um, I don't really know any Spanish. I'm assuming they speak. Yeah, they do speak Spanish in Cuba. It's a special kind of Spanish. But what you need to be able to do is uh, is dance. Really, I mean that's the international language. So, uh, and I can tell yes. you've probably got a, a samba or a, a a salsa or something in you. So uh, communicate that way with your Not hips. Not so much. <laughs> I'll try that. Yeah, I will try. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll make sure someone films it, then and, and I can just uh, show a video of that at the fringe. Yeah, <laughs> that'll make that be funny enough. So you are playing. Yeah, it's a pleasant courtyard at twenty past five. Very civilised afternoon slot, yeah. yes. And it's the problem is, I should tell the listeners, it's uh, it's a venue called the Pleasant Fourth. It's up a lot of stairs, but there is a lift, but they don't like to tell you about the lift because obviously they don't want everyone rushing for it. So if you're coming to see the show, just either take a packed lunch and some Kendall mint cake to get your way up the stairs because <laughs> it is it is in the sort of bit, because you know the Pleasant's obviously is normally the University yeah. Union uh, PE area sports complex or whatever. And so uh, yeah. it, it is normally a gym. So I think it's the workout that you will get is getting up to my room because the green room that I sit in before the show is the Catherine Granger rowing gym and it's absolutely full of rowing machines and massive floor to ceiling mirrors which means that before the show 
I sit there and I can just see myself sitting on a rowing machine, eating a pie, looking really tired and hung over <laughs> in these full length mirrors. And it's, it's, yes, it's quite depressing. But anyway, so if you come to see my show, you get a free workout included in the ticket price. You get a lot, don't you? You really do. You get a workout. You, you can, you know, discover when your bins are going to get picked up. <laughs> you learn a little bit of Spanish. And obviously the washing machine is just the best of the lot. That's the biggest bonus of all. Yeah. So does the family all come up? Yeah. And, you know, do you always stay in the same place? Yes. So we get a different flat every year and it's always a voyage of discovery. Where will we be? <laughs> and so we're in, in the new town. We've, we've locked out. So we're in the new town this year. And in fact, I think I might be having the first week on my own because Justin is taking the kids to uh, the in-laws. So if you see me in the first week of the festival, feel free to buy me a drink because I will be able to relax and enjoy it. I will absolutely look out for you. And I will look out for you because I can't wait. Do you know when you're going to be on and where? Yes, I do. I am. Um doing a, a couple of 10 minute spots on the, the 19th and the 20th and the show is uh, the Beehive on 4.30 in the afternoon. It's called Jay Lafferty and Friends and I am one of Jay's friends. No, so I'll be, uh, that's not I'll nice. be doing a, doing a show that that's where I'll be. But I'll absolutely look out for you and I will 100% come to watch Wake Up Call. I feel as though that, you know, that I've kind of learned an awful lot about it and I want to just see it through to you know, completion and yeah, it's a, it looks like it'll be really, really good fun. I hope it'll be fun. My God, that's what we're all owed, isn't it, after the last couple of years? So I think I'm trying to steer it away from being too worthy or inspirational or, I mean, it's just going to be sort of silly and fun and uh, just a bit of a treat after two years of being locked in my house, really. So I'm looking forward to it. But I feel terrible. I don't feel like I've helped you in any way apart from teaching you to clean the filter of your washing machine. I mean, is that directly <laughs> relevant well, to your stand-up comedy career? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel as though I have to kind of, you know, you know, ring out some of the material that I've been using and kind of give it a wee clean. So it probably, probably will help. But okay, we'll, we'll tell you what, what do you think if I could get one piece of advice from you? So my big issue is I do get very, very worked up, very anxious before I go on stage. And I'm still, even though I know my 10 minutes inside out, I still scribble wee pointers on my hand. And I feel as though it's a comfort blanket that I don't need. Mm. But I kind of feel, I would feel naked if I didn't have a couple of wee, just in case I completely blank and I can turn to it. But I do think that I know it's there and therefore I find myself looking at it. Well, I mean, I don't do that because exactly that, because I think, oh, you know, if you have it, you'll look at it. And if you don't, you won't. But maybe, you know, you say you feel naked without it. Maybe that is the key. Maybe to really confront your nerves, go on naked, do the first show completely naked with your set written in marker pen all over your body. It will be an exciting artistic <laughs> statement. And then you can see if you really, you know, if you really need it. Yeah, I mean, not particularly appealing, if I'm honest, but uh, I might, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give it a go. You could call it Scud Incoming, you see, look, there's... there's... Scud Incoming, Scud Incoming, take cover, and then I can, oh, for, I forgot to cover up, that's it. And then, when I get arrested, you can come along and speak in the court case on my behalf and say, well, it was my idea. I would love that. That would be good. Well, we've, we've, we've covered all sorts of subjects. This has been really good fun. <laughs> I have enjoyed talking to you so much and you're clearly someone who's had a fascinating life. You're a great speaker and, uh, you know, you just, you've just got to believe in yourself, baby. Well, that's, that's what I'll do. I'll take that into my, my next, my next performance, whenever that will be. Get a few gigs before Edinburgh, just to make sure I'm match fit. 
but we'll see where we go. But look, I've, I've taken up so much of your time. Thanks again for coming on. It's been a real blast, real pleasure talking to you. I've actually got a wash on at the moment that I'm going to go and take out now. So it's, really, uh, oh, and it'll be so it'll be so fresh and clean because <laughs> that filter is doing its job. You can always smell it from there. Is the weather nice enough to hang it out, or are you going to have to use a tumble dryer? It's gorgeous. This is this is only my first load of the day. I'm going to try for a record. I think my record is four loads in a day, washed, dried, and in. So uh, wish me luck. Well, we just had the longest day. I mean, you're at peak drying time in the calendar, so you should be really trying to go for a, for the record. Good yeah, luck with that. I'll let you, you know, can let me know how it went. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, thanks again. It's been a real blast and I'll, I'll catch up with you in Edinburgh. Lovely. Good luck with everything. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck yourself. Thanks a lot. Take care. Cheers, my love. Bye-bye. Bye.